Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So, if you don't already have a cup of coffee, go grab one now and join me today as we discuss being the voice. Be the voice. In other words, say what God wants you to say when he wants you to say it. And one of the biggest keys is make sure you're saying what God wants you to say. And we're going to dive into a bunch of different areas, but God needs voices. He needs those that will speak on his behalf to the airways, making proclamations, praying prophetic proclamations, decrees, declarations, uh, even breaking things off. Our voice has power. And if we say, we line our voice up with God's word, God's plan and what he, what his heart is and what he would desire us to speak out, what we speak out will be established on the earth as it is in heaven. Be the voice. How powerful is our voice? How powerful are our words? Think about it in areas that you've been hurt. You don't forget those words. It's funny, when you talk to an adult about things they remember in their childhood, they will remember one casual, flippant comment or remark that a parent made that was negative, even if slightly, more than they will, 1,500 positive comments. So. There's power in our voice. And especially as parents, when we are encouraging, when we are edifying, even in correction, even in rebuke, we can be encouraging and edifying to our children. And that brings forth life. It brings forth um, will. It brings forth destiny in our children. But I'm just pointing out to think back on that different phrases you remember with arguments with people um, or in different relationships that have maybe got turned bad. You remember the one negative comment because our voices are powerful and we use them casually. But God is wanting us to be his voice. I absolutely love the scripture where God is calling Jeremiah. It's all about Jeremiah's voice and his willingness in the face of fear, in the face of people that clearly could intimidate him to be the voice God was calling him to be. And in Jeremiah chapter one, it's, it addresses this several times over. And, and it's not always easy. This is my point. If God's not saying this to Jeremiah if it was gonna be an easy thing. People won't always love and praise you when you are being the voice of God, because God brings correction more than anything else. He brings rebuke because he's trying to get us to be all we can be in him. My husband and I have been watching The Chosen, and we've noticed in that series, we're going through season two, before trying to catch up before season three comes out, but we've noticed 
Anytime Jesus is talking to those closest to them, he's pointing out the flaws in them to them. He does it in a very compassionate, loving way, but that's what he's doing. He's pointing out their flaws because he knows they can only go as far as that flaw right there. You, me, we can only go as far as the last flaw we have been willing to work on in the Lord. So most times when we're somebody that's been willing to humble ourselves and say, yes, that is a flaw, I'm not going to let pride rear up and be unteachable, but I'm going to humble myself and admit, I know that's a flaw. I know I need work in that area and actually change that area. It's one thing to recognize it and even say, you know, you need help in that area, but to actually work on changing it and becoming self-controlled in all areas. So Jeremiah here is to this place where the Lord, it says the word of the Lord came to him. This is all in Jeremiah chapter one. Just going to kind of pull, you know, it, I think most of us are familiar with it. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. In other words, he has plan and destiny for you if you are willing to walk in it. He doesn't force anybody to do anything. So clearly, Jeremiah is a little panicked here about his age, number one, and the people he will be speaking to. He's concerned about this. And God knows it in his graciousness. Actually, Jeremiah says it to him, honestly. Actually, he says, I don't know how to speak and I'm too young. So have you ever been told? I'm not told it much anymore, but I definitely was told in my 30s by leadership above me that I was too young. And why? Who said? Maybe I was. Maybe I was too young in the Lord, but... Was I too young in God's eyes? That's the question. And so, and I yielded to man there, honestly, when I really should have pursued God and asked him what he would have me to do. If I should have been like Jeremiah and spoke anyways, you know, hindsight, I don't know. But um, so God says to Jeremiah in chapter one of Jeremiah, do not say, He's correcting him here. I mean, Jeremiah has just said to him, I am too young. And God comes back with, do not say I am too young. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he doesn't go on and on to tell him how he's not really too young and encourage him and all this other stuff. No, he just starts talking. Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. And then he goes on to say, do not be afraid of them. So there was going to be reason to be concerned. Do not be afraid of them. I'm with you. I'll rescue you. I got you is what he's saying. And then the Lord reaches out. I think we're familiar and touches Jeremiah's mouth with coal. And he says to him, and it's the same for you and me. If we'll have our ear to the heart of God. You know, I think I talked about this last week and John, John, the book of John, Jesus says, if my sheep know my voice, listen to, respond to, understand, recognize my voice. So I have put my words in your mouth. Today, I have appointed you over the nations and kingdoms. And he goes on to, goes on to um, tell him what he's going to do. But the whole point is, number one, God's with Jeremiah. 
Number two, he's the one that has put the words in Jeremiah's mouth. He's not just speaking what he desires to speak. He's not just speaking out of the flesh. God is saying, I will put my words in your mouth. He actually even told Moses the same thing. Don't be afraid to speak. I'm the one, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm the one sending you. And he's saying it to you and he's saying it to me. Don't be afraid to speak. The only thing that matters is that God is with us. God is sending us and that God will give us the words we need to speak. Beyond that, if we're not obedient, that's on us. As a matter of fact, speaking of Moses, didn't he even tell God, I'm not eloquent of speech? And what did God say back to back to him? Who has made man's mouth? Like in other words, what are you talking about? Go, I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you need to say. Again, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing that. But that's basically the conversation between Moses and God. And that's in Exodus chapter four. You, you can go read it, but it's there, I promise you. And these are two men that God was saying, I'm going to give you the words to say, go and be the voice. And I believe God's saying to the willing ones, I have given you something to say, go and be God's voice in obedience to God. That doesn't mean you just go... <laughs> scream on the streets, street corner. You don't just go tell everybody that comes across your path uh, what you think of them. You know, we have Thanksgiving dinner coming up. We have families gathering. That doesn't mean you tell all your relatives of the flaws you think they have, where you think they're missing it. No, this is when God puts the words in your mouth. And sometimes he does. And sometimes in our flesh, we might, by, by don't be afraid of their faces, don't be afraid of the consequences of the words you speak on my behalf. If God has said to, said, said to say, don't worry about the rest. If something falls apart, it was meant to fall apart. God knew it was coming. And through the restoration process, he may bring it back together. He may not. It may have just been for a season. Maybe it needed to fall apart. Maybe it needed to fall apart to come back together. But the big thing is God is asking us to be the voice for him in this season, in obedience to what he places in our mouth to speak for. The neat thing is going back to Jeremiah. I mean, it got so bad for him that if he didn't speak what God had him to speak, it was literally like a fire shut up in his bones. Right, his God's word was so placed in his heart, right, and he, and he did get afraid of people. He, what he was speaking to was costing him, and he was thinking, "I'm not going to mention this anymore. I'm not speaking God's word anymore. I won't say anything in His name." And then he gets up the next day, you know, and again, this is me just kind of paraphrasing, envisioning what I believe to have happened. Gets up the next day, and it's just burning in him. He can't let it go. He has to speak it. He has to bring it forth. In his words, he says, it's like a fire. Shut up in my bones. I cannot, I cannot hold it in. There are two things I believe that um, hinder us from being the voice God is desiring us to be in a time, in a moment, in a season. Have you ever walked away from somebody and you just, while you were in conversation with them, you knew you should have said something and you didn't say it and you walked away and then later on you had regret. You were like, I knew I should have said that. I know that was from the Lord. There's two things. One is fear and the second is doubt. 
And obviously Moses and Jeremiah, they both walked in fear. They had insecurities about what they were going to say, how they were going to say it. Um, maybe a little different. Moses, how he was going to say it in his speech in Jeremiah because of his age. But they both had fear of being accepted and received for the word they were going to speak. And then the other thing is doubt. Is that really God? I don't want to speak out of term. I don't want to say, and I, I get this, and this is always my heart. I don't ever want to say something or imply something is from God that was not from God. I don't want to take that on. I mean, that's a pretty big responsibility. But when we know that we know, our stomach's flipping, whatever physical response you have, you know, your, your heart's pounding, but you know that you're supposed to say something. And, you know, your first thought is, what will they think about what I say? We're in fear and we're in doubt. We're concerned about how the person's going to receive us. We're actually concerned about our reputation when it comes down to it. We don't want somebody to think less of us than they do. And doubt, is that really God? Is he really speaking? I just want to encourage you to simply stop doubting. That's an excuse that's holding you back when you know. And we, we learn from trial and error. We learn from maybe God unctioning us to say something to someone and we don't out of doubt that it was God. And then we find out somebody else said something the same or very similar to them. And it was most definitely God using that person. That's just God. That's not God rebuking us or shaming us. That's God showing us and teaching us. You did hear me. Now, next time respond in obedience to that. But being doubtful, doubtful that we're worthy, doubtful that God has called us, doubtful that we could really hear the voice of God. Those are all tricks and ploys to get us to not be used by God. And we're the ones that have to cast those vain imaginations down. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says because God is the one just like Moses and just like Jeremiah that has called you and said, you're the one I'm putting before the nations. I've chosen you, like you said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, before we were even a thought to anybody here on earth, God already knew. He already knew our destiny. That's pretty equipping right there. That's powerful. Don't hold back the voice that God has given you to speak the words that he has given you. Don't hold that back. Don't let it lay dormant in you. Rise up. Speak up. You know, as they say, let the chips fall where they may. When you know that God is directing your steps, when you know that God has given you words to speak, be quick to obey and obey in full. Sometimes you're the only voice that can reach a particular person. And we don't need you to be just like the person sitting next to you. God created you to be you to reach who he desires you to reach, just like he created me to be who I am, to reach who will have ears to hear what Linda's saying. You know, put your name in the blank. God's created you the way you are, the way you speak, so someone can hear the words that you have to say that may not listen to me, may not even want to have conversation with me. Something about me may make them uncomfortable where something about you makes them very comfortable and vice versa. So we have to understand we're uniquely and wonderfully made in the Lord. 
for exactly what he desires us to do. Our voices are powerful. God has given us the gift of our voice. And there are many voices, like I was just saying, don't don't do comparison. Don't be like the person next to you. We need voices and there will be different people that will make different proclamations. There will be voices of truth. There will be voices that simply just shift atmospheres. There will be voices that give out blueprints, prophesying God's plan. There are definitely voices that will not be owned by man. Do not fear their faces. Just like that scripture says, Peter said, and others, are we better to obey God or obey man? Who are we better off obeying? We need voices anchored in the word of God. Voices that are builders, encouragers, edifiers, voices of deliverance, right? voices of healing. All these voices are needed. Voices with power. Voices that simply know how to hear and recognize God's voice and then speak it out to his people. Our voices hold power. I don't know what's been holding you back, but I want to encourage you today to speak when God is telling you to speak or unctioning you to speak or stirring you to speak. So there's just a few scriptures I want to leave you with. One of them that I was thinking of, and it kind of goes along the whole fear thing, is the scripture where God is speaking to Esther or giving a word actually through Mordecai to Esther. And it's in Esther chapter four, verse 14. And this is the truth. Don't get overlooked by what God had intended for you to do by letting fear and doubt hold you back. Because Mordecai told Esther for the Lord, he was being a voice at this time because they needed Esther to be a voice. For if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. We can't stop God's will. God's going to do what God's going to do. Our thing is, if he knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb and he called us to do it, don't we want to do it? I don't want to get to heaven and find out somebody else did what God had me do. So he says, Mordecai, going back to Mordecai, for the Jews... Deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That's pretty powerful. You know, and another thing, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't ever be afraid to speak, right? Romans chapter one, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation. I'll never be ashamed of it. It's made a difference in my life. So when we're supposed to bring correction to somebody, when we're supposed to call somebody out, you know, right away, you're like, that's not love, that's judgment. Where's it coming from? You have to understand where it's coming from. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Now expose them in compassion and love, but yes, expose them. Speed that voice of truth. Proverbs uh, 31, verse 9, open your mouth. Judge righteously. So yeah, we are to judge. You hear people say that. 
that no, not to judge or if we say anything that goes against what their intentions are or what their plan or desire is, they call you being judgment. Yeah, I am. I'm judging righteous, righteously and I'm defending what needs to be defended in the Lord. And this is very, very powerful in Romans chapter 10. If we confess with our mouth, we have to speak it out. There's just things that have to be spoken out, just like God himself. When he created the earth, he said over and over again, let there be, let there be light, let there be night, let there be the plants, let there be the animal, let there be the sun, let all the let the bees, <laughs> let the bees go, go read it in the very beginning of Genesis, the very foundation of the earth. He spoke things into existence. Then they existed. Let's all be the voice God desires us to be because Romans 10, 9 tells us, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It takes confession. And I've said over and over again through this podcast to do it with love and do it with compassion. And this will be the scripture I close with because Colossians 4, 6 tells us, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And this is another good one. If we know we're supposed to be a voice, we want to make sure we're speaking the words of God. So we tell God, set a guard, O Lord, set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. 